This is the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom and I'm your host. This week's episode is brought to you by Food About Town Studio. If you're looking to record your own podcast, upgrade the equipment you're already working on, or record some voiceover work, you should reach out to me at foodabouttown at gmail.com or you can reach me on any sort of social media. I have a full four microphone setup with mixing board and you should come over and check it out and see if it works for you. This week's episode is number 39, where Michelle Faust, my wife, and I took a trip out to Rio Tomatlan in Canandaigua. We enjoyed a great Mexican meal. So we talked a bit about the food, kind of did a mini review on the podcast. We talked about the decor, including some fantastic art. Went on some tangents, of course. And we talked a little bit about authenticity, although I don't think too much. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes and share us on social media. It really helps get more listeners, and that would be great. So I hope you had a great New Year's, and enjoy the podcast. talking just off air for a second here and my guest michelle faust from michelle faust michelle faust and company michelle faust michelle faust.com <laughs> that's good I, I forgot you had your own website with your name yeah that's good there's not a whole lot there but... everybody should have that though yeah well mine would be really boring right now but I, that's I hope okay. to make it more interesting one day but not yet that's good so we were talking for a second you were mentioning facebook and recipes oh my goodness so facebook it seems like in my feed every day there is at least one rapid fire video recipe that shows you somebody putting in a pot or a crock pot or something, chicken and onions and whatever. And it just makes me so happy. It is my favorite medium for recipes and it just makes you hungry and it makes you want to do it. And I think of the things that I like favorite to look at later on Facebook, they're almost all video recipes. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, the video thing's becoming so much more popular now than it was even just a couple of years ago. I think that Facebook did something to change the way that they run their videos. I, I never really paid much attention to that, but I think that they did something that makes the videos easier, maybe. Yeah, and everything's really fast, everything's simple, and mm -hmm. it, just, it just happens. And I think you're right on the rapid-fire part as well. The fact that they're going through it quickly, they're giving you the information, but they're not lingering for 10 or 15 minutes. No, it's video. No, no, no. I mean, usually those minute those videos I've seen are ninety seconds. Oh yeah. And 
you know, it might take you 90 minutes to make that <laughs> recipe. Usually not, though. They're usually something simple that you wouldn't think of that are amazingly delicious and flavorful. Mm. Um, and, and things, you know, I mean, I, the one I recently made was crockpot fajitas. And, okay. um, it, you know, I, I think my fajitas that I make fresh are a little bit better than the ones that sit in the crockpot. But... I love crock potting because it is so much easier than standing in the kitchen. And I am a very, very busy woman. So I put delicious things in a crock pot, walk away, and then I come back and there's a meal. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and 75%, 75, 80% of quality for 20% of the effort, that's a pretty good return on your time. <laughs> You're such an engineer. I know. Right? <laughs> Isn't it terrible? <laughs> that made me really happy with the numbers there. Yeah. And but, of course, I. You're well, right. You're right. Yeah. But pulling the numbers out, pulling the numbers out of your ass is. Pretty much the most fun part about being an engineer. Did you know 78.3% of all statistics are made up on the spot? See, look at that. And as long as you say it confidently, everybody believes you. (laughs) My brother used to always tell that joke. Which I'm really happy about. (laughs) Um, So we have Michelle here today because um, recently we went out to, um, well, let's preface this whole discussion. We've had a discussion about Mexican food in the past. Yes. We, I think that was basically how we met. I, I approached right. you, knew that you had a podcast because you had had one of my colleagues on your show. And I said, I want to talk to you about Mexican food. And I challenge you to find good Mexican food in this area. That's that's authentic. I mean, there's there's lots of different flavors and, and genres of Mexican food. But I wanted something that was more authentic because I've lived in the Southwest. I've lived um, in communities of a lot of Mexican people, and I love Mexican food, but I'm not so fan of the Tex-Mex and the more Americanized right. yeah, Mexican. Yeah, Tex-Mex I call Mexican-American food or white people food, and it's just, it, it's boring in a lot of ways. I mean, there's some tasty stuff, sure, but it's it never it never comes to the heights that I always hope for. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where I come to. I don't like it, so that's a different issue. And, and yeah. I actually went years because my background, my heritage is Puerto Rican, so... In my house, we didn't eat a whole lot of Mexican food. Um, and when I would go and eat Mexican food, I just didn't think I liked it. And then I realized, oh, no, this is not Mexican food. This is Tex-Mex or a more Americanized version of Mexican food. I don't like that. But Mexican food is awesome. Yeah, it's it's a very dynamic food. And <clears throat> let's just give a little, I mean, I'm not a Mexican food expert by any means, but just like a lot of cuisines from around the world that, maybe we're not quite as familiar with in most of America, Mexican food is a very regional cuisine, like Chinese food, like, you know, French is very regional. Italy is extremely regional. Um, But Mexican food varies greatly from, you know, the Baja region near California uh, to towns like Oaxaca, where, you know, it's where the, some of the traditional moles come from. Um, And it seems like more down home style to Mexico city, which, you know, reminds us more of the street food style, you know, tacos, 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 Jesus, um, <laughs> tacos and tortas and things like that. And then you get to others, you know, Acapulco and other areas of Mexico. They're completely different. Absolutely. Well, so um, Mexico, the official name is the United States of Mexico, Los Estados Unidos Mexicanos. Um, and there are 31 states. It is one of the largest countries in the world. It is one of the most populous countries in the world. It is the largest country in the world that is the, with the most Spanish speakers of all the Spanish speaking countries. So Mexico is extremely diverse as as much as in this country. Sometimes we forget that or don't know that. Um, so 
the food is very diverse. And then, you know, just like there's uh, French Chinese food. I think you kind of said that, but it's just it's like yeah. there's French Chinese food, there's American Chinese food, there's Mexican Chinese food. There is a difference of the types of Mexican food that you will see in the United States or if you travel abroad. Actually, some of the worst Mexican food I ever had in my life was in France. Um, oh, I can't. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of the ingredients not translating. But, right. You know, because I mean, I know some of the you know great restaurants in Mexico right now. They'll use French techniques to cook Mexican style food, in which case it's transforming ingredients into different dishes, which that's really that's revolutionary and that's interesting. But what we're talking about most of the time when we're looking for Mexican food in the U.S. is sort of home style, a lot of home style stuff, a lot of things that are just real bold, pleasant flavors. Yeah, I mean, what is the word that people like? Rustic? I enjoy that. I mean, the yeah. place that we went to, I didn't find extremely <laughs> rustic. It was more like dressed up to make it a little bit more finer cuisine, uh, sure. which I didn't mind. Yeah, so where we did go was we took the relatively short drive to Canandaigua to Canandaigua. go to Rio Tomatlan, which is just off the main drag uh, I forget the name of the street, but it's less than a half a mile off the main drag of Canandaigua. And I have to say, we, we came away really impressed. Well, the funny thing is, I had been there before, but the line out the door was too long, and I ended up going somewhere else. And and you know, an aside, I didn't really like the place I went instead. <laughs> <laughs> but... Honestly, I did not think I was going to like this place. This is me thinking, you know, because it's popular, maybe I won't like it. Yeah. Um, and that and I, you know, maybe not a maybe not a good decision to make, but I did give it a chance, but I was I was I was very leery and and I had many people tell me, "Oh, this is really good Mexican food in Canandaigua." And I was like, "Are you sure? Do you really know what Mexican food is?" I'm sorry. In my experience, people <laughs> in Western New York, unless they have a background of spending time in Mexico, don't really know a lot about Mexican food. And how could you blame them? How would you know? You know what? In the Southwest, we know nothing about Tim Hortons. So why <laughs> why would people I in wish, Western New York know anything about, <laughs> I, I, I wish, about Mexican food? I, I wish I knew less about Tim Hortons, <laughs> but I know far too much about that place. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's just an example. Yeah, and it, it, I think that comes when, you know, like I, I grew up in Buffalo, and if I travel to other places and I see people serving chicken wings, I'm like, there you go, what, wings. What, what, are, what are you doing? There you go, wings. You're, we don't know anything about wings. No. We think wings are what unnamed pizza place brings with your pizza as a side order, and I know too many Western New Yorkers who would call that blasphemous. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Although a lot of small pizzerias do do a good job with their with their wings, but that's I'm talking, you know, ex named pizza chain. Oh, we're yeah. not. We won't talk about them. <laughs> the chain that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our Rio Tomatlan. Rio Tomatlan, which is um, thankfully not decorated in just the garish <sighs> yellows and oranges and greens and stuff. Thank you. Hallelujah. I loved the art in this place. Yes. I mean, you know what? Let's not even talk about the food yet. I no, would go there just to sit, and the cocktails were really good as well, but just to sit and sip on a beverage and enjoy the art because it was so nice. Um, to the point that I followed up about um, some art that was there 
um, to possibly purchase some. Although oh, I, don't, I don't know if the price is in my price range. But I mean, I it was, and it was very diverse. I mean, there was there was murals, and one of the murals was giant. It was a huge wall, and it was it wasn't just flat. It had you know it had depth. It was very interesting. It was like uh, La Virgen de la Guadalupe, um, the Virgin of Guadalupe, the patron saint of Mexico, but it was like a specific woman's face. I think it was the artist's face, but I really don't know. Um, that was the, the what it was told to me by one of the wait staff. But it was also, I think a lot of the, it was done with some spray paint, at least some of the pieces of it. And then there were spray paint bottles around. It was just a huge mural, like you said, depth and and just gorgeous. And I posted it on my Instagram. I posted it on, on Facebook and it got... More likes than anything else I've posted in a while, <laughs> which I don't blame them because it was gorgeous. No, it really was. And it, you know, we, we've had sort of a art, you know, an art evolution in the last few years here in Rochester, especially with the um, the wall therapy project, which has been just a, a beautiful thing around the city. It's something I never thought I would enjoy as much as I do. Um, you know, seeing these giant, you know, spray painted pieces or different pieces you know we, we there was one that was up on the new playhouse building uh all around the city these huge painted murals I, as a as when i was younger i always thought oh it's just you know it's just graffiti really uh, yeah i, I never I, it i didn't appreciate it and now having seen it around I, i'm really getting a greater appreciation for how not only how talented the artists are but how it really is transforming these buildings that are just buildings yeah into being a part of an area yeah, there, I like almost all of them. There is just one that I see often because it is right in the middle of downtown um, that's two rats, and I just I, I don't understand why it's there. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, but all of the other ones are awesome. And, and, and I, you know, more murals the better. I, I love art. I wish that I was more artistic in the visual arts. My, my artistic talents are mostly um, performance, so which is good, I guess. And yeah. written. Written, I can write a little bit. It's all, those are both, written and visual are struggles for me. Yeah. Um, written's hard. Yeah, I'm an engineer. I'm not I'm not a creative writer. You're a numbers dude. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> we need numbers. I'm good at technically writing, and it's it's working on the working on the flow, working on the other stuff is the hard part. Do you have um, an editor? I do. I do have an editor, which helps. And my wife does a good job of reining me in when she gets the time to read my stuff. Good. She's like, you should read that again as a person and not as a engineer. Not everyone loves to be edited. And I think even if you enjoy being edited, there are moments that are painful um, because you're giving your art, your work over to someone else to criticize. And that can be difficult um, and you can take it personally. But honestly, I think editors are amazing people and good editors are just the best. You know, someone who can take your work not change it to be a different person's work or change the voice, but to raise it to the next level and teach you something so that the next time your work will be better and will be risen to the next level when they, you know, that you're constantly improving. I love editors and I've been working with some amazing editors. I'm sorry, I'm totally going into my work mode. No, but, it's okay. But I, mean, I believe is, in editors. I think they're wonderful people. Yeah, I, I knew, you know, this this whole conversation's in the vein of talking about the Mexican restaurant we went to, but... <laughs> I love tangents. I love tangents more than anything else. I'm so, really good at them, so that's why you like having me. No, on. This is great because <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's having somebody real critique, and I'm going to bring it back to the food side of things. Okay, I think real critique when it's not 
when when it's not used to be um, damaging, when it's not used to be attacking, when it's used to be constructive, yeah, is so useful. Yeah, I mean, when it comes either you know when I talk to my wife about art, uh, when I'm writing about food, when I when we're talking about the the writing, um, it's so so useful if you want to get better. If you have this irrational confidence about yourself that you're perfect, it can be. I'm sure it can be super frustrating and unpleasant. But that's a conversation for another day, my friend. <laughs> anyway, so let's go back to yes. Rio Tamatlan. Um, they had some other art that was more like Day of the Dead style, which I am a very big fan of Day of the Dead style art. Um, I think you might know that. About yeah, me. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen you with the with the makeup on. Do you do that yourself? I did it myself. I've done it myself a couple of times. The first time I did it, I got some help from a friend. There are lots of things that show you how to do it online, which is where I got started. But this time, the last time I did it, um, which was this past Halloween, um, I, I did it all on my own. I looked at some photos from the last time I did it, um, made some slight changes, but it's a lot of fun. And it's weird because I'm not really good at day-to-day makeup. I mean, it, <laughs> if you're saying that, it's really, I mean, truly impressive. It looked great. And it, it's, it was a, it was a great, it was a great usage of it, especially, you know, our Halloween's kind of boring nowadays. And I love stuff like that. I think our Halloween was awesome, but that's a totally different conversation. That is a whole different, For a different day. Yes. So Rio Tomatlan and art. So yeah, there was the Day of the Dead art. Um, and there was a, a bunch of random other kinds of pieces as well. And it, it Diversity it, of different pieces. I, I know that yeah. there were several different artists represented. I, I didn't ask about all of them. Um, everything struck my fancy, but there were some things that were a lot more attractive to me, so I spent a lot more time with those yeah. pieces. So, yes, the decor. It's not something I usually focus on when I talk about a restaurant, but in this case, it really did jump out, and it was an attraction in of itself, so... Don't don't miss out on that. Make sure you walk around the whole restaurant when you go there because it's worth looking at. Well, you might want to go on a weeknight um, like we did. So you can walk around because like <laughs> I said, smart. when I went there on a weekend um, at night, it was so crowded. I don't think that you would be able to do that. Or if you did, you would probably be annoying someone. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very popular restaurant. So, um, so yeah, what, let's, let's jump into the food. I mean, we, we went in with four people. Um, my wife was there, you were there and a guest was there with you. And we, we ordered, you know, a hodgepodge of different things. We started off with a couple appetizers and the first thing that we ended up getting, we got a couple of, uh, tamales and, uh, sopes, correct? Sopes. Uh-huh. Yes. So both of those are masa based. Mm-hmm. And for those not familiar, masa is essentially cornmeal, mm-hmm. uh, processed cornmeal to make it. Um, when you, it's, it's kind of the analogy, kind of like a polenta, kind of like any of those yeah, kind of things. Polenta is a cornmeal. Um, I think the flavor is different, um, yeah. for the way that I, I don't know the difference in how uh, polenta is made, but the flavoring is a little bit different. But, um, when we had it, you noticed that the cornmeal was seasoned. Um, I, I noticed that it was fresh that it was yes. put together because you can buy sopes frozen and then go ahead and deep fry them or put them in the oven to bake. And so I would not prefer that. Right. So <laughs> the difference between the two things we had, tamales are a masa base, which is the cornmeal mixed usually with uh, pork fat or lard or you know some sort of shortening. 
seasoning and then a meat and a, a sauce in the inside while the uh, and then they're steamed inside of corn husks. Yeah, so, so I've, I've made method. tamales before. I made them a couple of Christmases before a Christmas before I came to Rochester, and they are a kind of a Christmas food because you make them for a special occasion because they are a lot of work to do. So what you do is you take the husk and you spread the masa across your hand like you're painting it, and then you stuff it with the meat sauce mixture, um, and then you wrap it together and. Um, I made some pretty delicious ones. I'm very good at wrapping tamales. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Skill that I learned. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's definitely, you know, mostly it's a special occasion thing. And the great thing about going to a restaurant is you can get them almost any time. I know. And the nice thing about them is they weren't dried out. The texture was really pleasant. Seasoning was right on. And it's it's often the simple things that people forget about is, you know, does your bread have salt in it? Does your does your masa base have salt in it? It brightens up the whole dish. Even though, I mean, these were topped with some really pleasant salsas too. It's um, true. The, the I'm going to say that tamales were pretty good, but um, they weren't the best tamales I've ever had. Oh, so they didn't um, blow me away as much as the sopes because I hadn't had a really good sope in a really long time. And so what the sopes are is you take the masa and you kind of make a circle. Like imagine like you're making the circle of your hand, maybe more of an egg shape, more ovio- mm-hmm. ovular. Ov- ovular. Ovular. Thank you. Wow. My wording. Although it does sound yeah, egg-like. Ovular. Yeah. Okay. So good. Um, so you make that oval. And then usually you'll take like a spoon or something and kind of make a divot in the middle. Um, and then that's deep fried. And then you top it with um, usually meat, um, cabbage, um, whatever other toppings that you want on it. I like it with some beans. Um, this one I think was just meat. I don't think there was beans on there. But I was so impressed by that sope. It was the first time in a long time that I had one that was that fresh. Um, the texture was just perfect. It was soft on the inside. It was not super crispy on the outside, but there was that crispness on the outside. Um, and everyone at the table, I tasted the sopes that I got at first, and I think everyone was pretty impressed. And most people hadn't had sopes before. Truthfully, I don't think I had either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had, I've had many tamales, uh, but that's not something I've usually seen offered at a lot of places because I'll end up at a lot of um, a lot of taquerias. Like if I'm traveling to larger cities, those are the kind of places I end up at. And usually the menu's relatively limited, but um, I'd heard of them, and it's, it's it was fantastic. They I, did a great job. I think what happens um, for a lot of Americans who haven't actually been to Mexico or aren't really familiar authentically with Mexican food, it's just not something that's offered as much as many other foods. So obviously tacos are very easy to make, um, mm. so they are the most, but they're the best. Yeah, um, so very, simple. Yeah, they're simple, so they're offered in a lot of places. It's something you can simply make, you can dress up, you can dress it down and make it very like street food. Um, so you, you're going to find that in more places. Um, whereas the sopes, I don't think they're all that difficult, but they are a little bit different. And, um, you know, if people don't know them, then they might not order them. Right. Yeah, and, the, and to... Yeah, both of those. So both of those appetizers, really well done. Um, salsas were bright. They were um, they were bright in a really good way, but they didn't they didn't get too spicy. It didn't get too anything. It was really nice sauces, and I think people forget about that sometimes when they think of um, you know jarred salsas that you know you get really spicy. You know, oh, it's really about spices. It's really about 
balance. It's about supporting the rest of the dish. And these were just dynamic, good sauces. Now, the sauces didn't um, jump out to me in a way that I really remember because I was so impressed by that sope. But I and but the, I remember the flavors of the meat were delicious. Yeah. I am going to ask you about a specific sauce because mm. it is one of my favorites. But as you know, I'm gluten-free, which is why I like Mexican food because... You know, as much as people often see flour tortillas, they're not the most traditional of the tortillas. That's really more of a Texas thing sure. and northern Mexico thing. But most of Mexico eats corn tortillas as the traditional staple, um, which is good for me because that is gluten free and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you can just keep your flour tortillas, people. I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they... I think I lost my train of thought. So we were going to talk about sauces. Sauces. Okay. So one of the sauces that I can't always eat and often don't eat is because it often has gluten, has some flour to do some thickening, and that is mole. And mole, there are all kinds of mole. People are usually familiar with the dark mole, which I think is the mole oaxaqueña, I believe. It, it can be It can be what you'll call the Oaxacan mole or uh, mole negro or yeah. um, you know any of those similar terms. And so in in Mexico there are moles for all the different regions and areas. So um but I haven't been able to um have mole because often it's it's has gluten in it. Um I'm totally forgetting the name of the restaurant. What's my restaurant where they have my gluten-free mole? Oh jeez. Uh, oh um uh, Itacate. Itacate uh, has yeah. has a uh, gluten-free mole and I'm very happy for that. Uh, whereas um, this place, unfortunately, the mole was not gluten-free. So my question to you is, how was the mole? It was really good. And the the hard part about mole, if you go to Mexican-American restaurants, you'll find moles, the things people think about right away. And if you watch Chopped or anything like that, people get chocolate in a basket, uh, you know, a mystery basket, or they see chocolate and they're like, oh, y'all make a chocolate sauce and call it a mole. That That's not... Although chocolate is often an ingredient, it's usually not like a Hershey's bar melted down and turned into a sauce. And if it is, it's usually terrible. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's usually a dark, a darker chocolate. Right. It is, either it comes from a darker chocolate bar or they use actual cocoa, you know, real cocoa. Um, cacao. Oh, cacao. Mm. Mm. But what we got was a sauce that was thick. It was rich. It was complex. And it had a hint of sweetness, but it didn't it didn't turn into a sugar sauce, which is basically the worst thing when it comes to moles. I and hate when that was happens. the mole a little bit spicy. I think it should be just a little a hair. bit spicy. Just a hair. I mean not 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 as much as I would necessarily prefer, but enough to know it was there. Okay. Um you got you got the nuttiness, you got the richness, you know it was cooked down long. Because it got it had that depth of flavor, oh. and it was almost like that bittersweet. I, I'm a little bit jealous. I, you know, let's just shout out to my homeboys at uh, Real Tomatlan. Please come up with a gluten free mole for Michelle <laughs> Faust. That's all I ask. And we'll, we'll put your name on the menu just for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had it on the uh, enchiladas, which were you know, relatively simple inside. You know, it's uh, corn tortillas, uh, chicken, cheese, peppers. Uh, the, the filling wasn't exciting necessarily, but the sauce made the whole dish, and that's what that dish is about: okay. is highlighting, highlighting that sauce on a you know I'm going to say relatively bland rest of the dish, but you don't need the rest of the dish. You need it as a support for the for the richness and the 
awesomeness. So my friend, are we at about a place where we should take a break? Oh, we can definitely take a break. And we'll be back with more Mexican restaurant talk. Uh, I believe you had some... I had some more sopes because we had the sopes as an appetizer. And I was just so happy with them. Um, And I had the tamales. Uh, You guys had some... You had ceviche, right? Yeah, so you did. explain what ceviche is. So in when it's done, to my understanding, properly, ceviche is a, really a cut-up of any sort of seafood when it comes to that. It can be, we'll see most often our menus as, you know, uh, fish cut-up. You'll often see it as uh, tilapia because it's a cheaper fish, mm-hmm. and it absorbs flavors well. It doesn't provide its own flavor. There's also uh, shrimp ceviche. You can find it with right. just about anything. Um, Absolutely. I am allergic to shellfish because I'm allergic to everything. But <laughs> so I don't have a lot of ceviche, but it's interesting because it's not cooked the traditional way with heat. Right. So we had the shrimp version there, and it's not cooked with heat. It is denatured with acid. I love that you know the word for that. Oh, it doesn't doesn't it sound much more fancy denatured. when you use the word denatured. I don't um, know, it could be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so when 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 shrimp is raw, you'll see it's uh, you know it has a little bit of translucent uh, translucent quality to it, and it's obviously a little bit on the gray side. Um, when you cook it with the acid, it becomes firm, it becomes more opaque, and that's when you know it's done. And it's if you're being very technical, it is not cooked. It is firmed up, and it, it, the texture becomes more pleasant to people that are not familiar with raw shrimp. I think for some people, um, I, I know a lot of people that they don't eat ceviche because they're kind of afraid of it not being safe to eat because it is it is a fish that is not actually cooked, but denatured, yeah. as I've just learned. Sure. Um, but but it actually is safe, right? I believe so. And it's... People, you eat it. <laughs> I do. But I'll eat, I'll eat raw most things. I okay. mean, I, I'll eat beef tartare. I will eat sushi. I will eat... It doesn't really matter. Okay. I was at a Thai restaurant in San Francisco, and there was a raw shrimp dish where they just put shrimp and they put a spicy garlic pepper sauce on top of it. Was it not denatured? No, it was It was truly raw. I thought that, that was not legal. Or maybe no, I'm just imagining things. You go to sushi things. places and you can get raw stuff. But, but shrimp? I mean, I... I don't know. I'm allergic, I'm so I don't familiar. know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you shouldn't eat it either way. But no, I've I've had it truly raw, and... I think as long as it's prepared properly, I'll eat most anything without being cooked. You know, as long as it's, you know, they're sourcing their ingredients correctly and people go there and they don't get sick all the time, you're in pretty decent shape. Sure. And that's that's usually the case when you go to somewhere you don't understand. You go to somewhere where lots of people go and they're not getting sick, you're probably going to be fine. <laughs> I love I love the way you look at things. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. It's you beautiful. play the odds a little bit. Yeah. What are you going to do? But then you get delicious stuff like ceviche denatured with, uh, this was a lot of lime. Um, bright ingredients, it had uh, s- uh, thin slices of probably serrano peppers, um, you know, onions and other, you know, bright ingredients. And it was served on a uh, tostada. And it was truly delicious because the it wasn't tamed down. I've had ceviche before where it was pre-cooked, which is fine. You can pre-cook your uh, pre-cook your seafood before it goes in for those for people that are concerned. But it's a different texture. It doesn't absorb quite as much of that intense acidic punch 
And I understand I that 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 acidic cooking with with using like lime or lemon or, or whatever mm. is it does something different with the texture that that most people like. Yeah, it's it's not quite as firm. I would definitely say it's not as firm as actually cooking a fish uh, to like a well done, but it has this odd cross between raw and cooked chew, where it's it's more of a chew than a like it falls apart. I, I personally like it. Um, it's not for everybody. A lot of people have texture issues with food. Okay. Do you have any texture issues with food? Only water chestnuts. They are an abomination. Like the canned ones? Or like the, you know, where they crunch and they're a little spongy? You know what it is, is that they've got like a weird sandpaper finish. Yeah. That I don't like. And okay. it's weird because I like almost all vegetables. It's the only thing that I don't like. Um, and it's just, it really is a texture thing because they don't really have a lot of flavor. They no, soak up boring. the flavor of they're whatever boring. they're cooked in. But there's something about biting into that and having that weird sandpapery bite. I just can't do it. Hmm. I'm not sure if I have any texture issues. I mean, when things get really slimy sometimes, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but I do like okra and I like stuff like that. Hmm. But I know so many people that have real big texture issues when it comes to that, where either it's you know, mushrooms or things like that. Well, I enjoy texture. Mm. So, I mean, there are some textures that I prefer. I really like it when a meat is kind of just like falling apart. Okay. Um, that's a texture that I enjoy. Um, you know, when I think about texture, I think about different cuts of steak. You know, the meat falling yeah. apart is one. There are steaks that are really... Um, they're cooked to such a way that they almost like melt in your mouth. They're sure. very buttery. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love creamy texture. I mean, that texture is part of the joy of eating. I think so. And I love crispy. I love crunchy. Oh, yeah. You got to have um, crunchy. And that's like when I talk about when I talk about Mexican food, especially, I love my meats seared off on the, uh, okay. on the comal, you know, the like the flat top seared off to that crunch mm -hmm. you get some of that uh some of that browning i'm not gonna use the word caramelization because it's not caramelizing there's no sugars there <laughs> sorry I love I was, that you're so specific i was about yelling everything. at the audience <laughs> even <laughs> though they're not talking to me um but when when you get those um when you get that maillard reaction the browning that deep flavor you get from that and that crisp that's what makes to me a lot of those great tacos and the great uh the great mexican meats where they get that Kind of like when you cook a steak and you get that nice crunch on the outside. Yeah, for sure. But just a lot smaller pieces, so you get a lot more of it. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting so hungry. Can we go get some tacos? Oh, God. I really hope so. And I think we'll probably have a shorter drive because I know, since and since we're talking about Mexican food, um, let's finish off at Rio before we go okay, on. Okay, sure, sure. So um, we also had some, I think we had some pretty delicious drinks there, too. Oh, the drinks were incredible. Yeah, so I know uh, strong the as well. right the, the, <laughs> the ladies at the table had versions of margaritas mostly. I like a traditional margarita um, made. I don't like margarita mix. So, and this one, I'm pretty sure that they made it from scratch themselves. Um, I like salt and on the rocks. I do not like a well a blended margarita. I mean, who doesn't enjoy that on a hot summer day right. by a pool? But you got to be right in the right mood. Um, but generally, I just don't think it has the same flavor that I, I'm looking for in a margarita. So this one, I I was very happy with. And then I had something else that I can't remember exactly what it was, but it had like an orange soda in it. Okay, um, a blood. Uh, blood orange Ooh, um, I like blood soda orange. Um, and also um, agave. Um, so I was I was very happy with that as well. It's kind of a 
I don't remember exactly what they called it, but it's a different version of a margarita with right, a little right. bit of um, the sparkle that you like. Sometimes. Yeah, a little tweaked version. And I know my wife had uh, she likes uh, she likes the mango version, but these aren't like these aren't soaked in sugar margaritas either. These are what what you'd call more the traditional recipe for a margarita, which is actually a very simple drink. Um, you know, a lot of people think of margaritas as yeah, as these neon yellow and Ugh. red concoctions that you get at places and you buy in pitchers. Um, but it's really it's a very simple, it's a very simple, almost traditional drink. Is it a traditional drink? Yeah, it's it's actually very. I believe it is. It's a pretty old drink, actually. Okay. Um, but it's it's very. I know the agave, too. the tequila, is pretty old and traditional. And when I was um, in in Mexico, there were plenty of places that had um, agave. Um, plantations, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, you could go and do tequila tastings. And if I go back, um, I will definitely. If I'm ever in Jalisco again, I will be definitely doing some tequila mm. tastings. Except, you know, I just don't know if it's as easy to do as a wine tasting because tequila has a little bit more of a kick. Than it a does, and I, I think people unfairly give it a bad rap. I think it's actually delicious. Um, a delicious liquor on its own. I think if you get a high quality tequila, right. um, and I think what happens is there are so many um, lower quality tequilas that you can get that people just are not really familiar with the nicer ones. Right. Although I will say I've had some very nice tequilas that go down so smooth and you don't have that bite um, that you don't need like the, the lime and the salt tradition. You know, people like to do that for fun, but you don't need it if it's a really good smooth tequila, but they also... Sneak up on you. They do. And it's, I think the the reason you get a lot of these over-sugared, over, you know, iced and bright colors and pre-mixed stuff is because you're covering a bad product. Uh When you have a simple good product like a good tequila, which is actually a great entry point to good liquors because good tequila starts at $25 for a bottle. You shouldn't be afraid to go to a store and buy it. It's, you're not spending a ton of money on good bottles. You don't have to go to 50 $7,500 $7,500 a bottle to get something decent. Do you find um, what you would consider a good tequila? I'm going to be honest. I don't buy tequila mm. very often here because when I used to buy tequila, I would go, I would cross the border. I would go to Mexico. Uh, of course I would. would actually be able to do some tastings. Um, and then when I've also traveled um, in Mexico, I, I've bought tequila and brought it home. Some very, very nice things. But right. You know, I, I, I'm a little, I don't know, maybe just because I'm so far from the source, I'm, I'm leery, but I guess I buy French wine here. So why, why would I do that? That's odd. Yeah, and, it, and it's all, I mean, it's the same as in you know, French when you talk about champagne. It, it is regional. So when it says tequila, you know it's made in the region. Jalisco. Right. And it is accessible from a cheaper price point than a lot of things. You know, getting into, you know, great scotch is an expensive proposition. You can get into quite good tequilas in the, you know, $30 range. Okay. So it's definitely something you shouldn't be afraid to make it at home because a margarita recipe in the simplest form is two parts tequila, one part lime, one part orange liqueur. That's it. I make a pretty good margarita and I've mm-hmm. made actually even blended margaritas with fresh strawberries. So if you oh, really yeah. want to, if you want to have a challenge, my friend, we can, we can oh, do that, that one of these great. days. And it's the thing. It's such a such an accessible and um, you can do accessories to it as well because you can do the strawberry really easily. You can do any other ingredients. You can change out your lime for lemon. You can do orange. You can do whatever. You got to do the lime. 
I, a, I just don't. I just don't believe in the I lemon. Know, sorry. Me too. But it's such an <laughs> it's such an easy base, and most of these traditional style cocktails. I mean, this this one dates to the you know late thirties, early forties, thanks to our friends at Wikipedia. <laughs> who are not sponsoring this podcast, but I give them a shout out because they're the best ever. I think you should talk ever. to Wikipedia about giving Right, right. I should talk to Right, They don't put ads on their own site, so they're going to advertise on mine. Dear Wikipedia, please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> right, thank you very much. Um, but it's most of the cocktails bear, you know, bear down to a ratio, and this one's a 2-1-1. If you remember that, you can always make a margarita no matter where you are. Mm. Right. Can we make some margaritas mm. and eat some tacos? I think that's a great idea. And before noon, I think we're in great shape. Awesome. <laughs> um, and to finish off the drinks, I actually had a um, I had uh, mezcal uh, neat. So mezcal is a another agave based product, uh, and that's another thing when you're looking at your tequilas or other things. Make sure it's 100% agave. Yep. Do not buy something that is a mixto which is cut with sugar or other, uh, basically cut with other ingredients so it's a little cheaper to make. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's 100% agave. Agave. So important. Is so, but the thing is, agave is so good. And if you've ever had agave as a sweetener. Um, really and, subtle. Yeah, it's just, it's got a great flavor. I kind It has a little bit of a flavor, kind of like honey has a flavor. Yeah. I mean, it's a different flavor than honey, but I just, I love it. I love it. And it, it's a subtle round sweetness too. It doesn't it doesn't punch in the face like, you know, a white sugar does. It it rounds out like honey. You're right. It's very similar to that. Well, honey I think has a, a stronger flavor though. Sure. I, I would agree with that. Um but anyways, we we had I had uh, mezcal neat. Um they had nice glasses for it so you could really get the aroma. And mezcal is uh done similarly to uh processed similarly to a tequila with the agave plant. But it's cooked with more fire, more smoke, so the uh, spirit inherently has a lot more of that smoky characteristic to it, even if it's not aged, like a uh, a Blanco um, Mezcal will have smoke to it while, you know, a a Blanco tequila is very basic. And when you get the aged ones, you'll get a little more of that smoke or barrel age. You know, I haven't really drank a lot of Mezcal, and it really is because it has really hard consonants in it. <laughs> really is the only thing it, it, it the name just kind of has, has put me off but since you're giving it such a good uh rating i think i'll try it next time absolutely and it's great in a cocktail because it shines through mm-hmm. so if you see it at a i know places like cure or the revelry or good luck or any of you know the real cocktail bars in rochester um daily refresher or ox and stone which has a you know a latin american flair to it um They'll, they'll make cocktails with mezcal, and it really shines through the other ingredients. Well, sometimes you use things like vodka. They kind of get lost in the shuffle. Mezcal doesn't get lost. It can't get lost. Yeah, it, it, has, a it does have sense. a stronger flavor for the little bit that I have tasted, right. but it's not really one that I've done much with. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a good mezcal, and you'll have to tell me which one you recommend, and, and I'll, I'll try it because I think it definitely is worth a try. Sounds good to me. You know, I was really happy um, to meet the the chef there because afterwards yes. we were so impressed we wanted to meet the chef and the chef's name is Turk Yes, and he brought out um, I guess his sous chef Colin and it was really nice to thank them um, they're not Mexican which I was a no. little bit surprised because it, it had more of the flavor that I was expecting um, they are American um, but he told me that he had traveled a lot in Mexico and really um, learned a lot and I'm very grateful for him feeding my Absolutely. It, it was a great meal. And I know we don't usually just break down a whole meal on something like this, but 
it's a great it's a great vehicle to discuss Mexican food in general, which is one of my favorite topics. And also, we took that whole drive out there. We got to talk about the meal. Oh, you got to talk about <laughs> it. Um, so before we stop, I do want to say that Rio Tomatlan is not the only place to get some good Mexican food around Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned during the podcast um, Itacate in Penfield. I know I've mentioned it before. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would also recommend a place if you want to take a drive a different direction um, in Sodus. There's a place called Rincón Mexicano. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very impressed. It was the first um, Mexican restaurant that I went to in the you know greater Rochester area, I guess, suburban area. Um, where I was really happy. Um, I know that there are some other little places that are kind of pop-ups that you'll find in some of the more rural areas, but I'm, I'm still discovering them. So, Hey, you know, tweet at me, um, at M I C H E reports and let me know where you find good tacos. There you go. And I'll put up one other area. So going out West towards Buffalo in Medina, which has a uh, fairly large migrant population, uh, there are um, roadside taco stands Yum. and a uh, Mexican grocery store. There's also a Mexican grocery store in Brockport as well. So if you're trying to make your own, it's a great place to go and try and get some of these more traditional ingredients. Um, and also Medina has a sit-down restaurant, uh, Mariachi Del Oro. And there's really Golden some- Mariachi? I don't, it must be, right? Yeah, that's odd. Okay. Know. See, I don't know the Spanish. I just list the names <laughs> out of memory, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's words and stuff about things. Yes, okay. Thank you. God so, bless you. And uh, also, there is a relatively new place in East Rochester uh, called, I think it's like Guacamole Kitchen, and it's, I know, don't give me that face. Um, I'm sorry, the title just, I, it doesn't attract me right away. Yeah, it's... So it's in the style of Chipotle, but with more traditional ingredients. Okay. They're making uh, El Pastor on a vertical spit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing everything more traditional. They're using uh, you know, like a Oaxaca or Chihuahua cheese for melting on their tortas. Ooh. So they're really trying to do it well. They, they do make a couple bit, um, you know, a couple concessions to the American taste. So they do have like sour cream. But you don't have to use it. Well, you can get, um, not at all Wegmans, but there's, um, at the Wegmans on East is one that I go to, and they've got a pretty good cheese selection. I've been able to get cotija cheese, mm. which is, um, it's a softer cheese. Um, yeah. uh, there's lots of different types of Mexican cheeses, but I like, cotija, I like cotija on my um, tacos. So, mm. you know, if you want to make your own tacos and you've gotten some other ingredients, um uh, hopefully, you know, if you, if you make it to a Mexican store, you can probably also buy the cotija, but right. if, you're, if you're missing it, if you forgot it, um, you can get that at, at not all Wegmans, but some of them. But if you're looking for cotija, you might want to call, talk to the cheese section, because I don't think that the person just answering the phone will necessarily know what you're probably talking about. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, there's, so Rio's not the only option in our area. You should definitely go explore what else is out there for Mexican food. Or go to Mexico. Yeah, or go Guadalajara to is one of my favorite cities in the world. I really and need you to could go. just go right out of town and do some tequila tasting. Perfect. Let's do it. I need I need to go. Let's fly. So um, let's get our plugs in at the end since we're finishing up. So I'm Michelle Faust. You can follow me on Twitter at M-I-C-H-E Reports. That's also where you can find me on Facebook and the Instagrams and wherever else I am. Yeah. And on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Stromi, S-T-R-O-M-I-E. And on Facebook, I am found... Uh, at Food About Town. Yum. So 
thanks for listening and uh, thanks for coming by, Michelle. Thank you. It was a blast.